0: Howdy, howdy, and welcome once again to the o Run of the Mills podcast. This is the daily run through the Book of Titus, and we are in chapter one. And today, the goal is to finish the first chapter of Titus. So, um, last time we were talking about how how uh, Paul quotes a prophet from Crete. He says, you know, Cretans or uh, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. So he's talking about, you know, the people you're dealing with are from a culture that uh, has some negative, negative qualities. And so you need to rebuke them sharply and keep them, you know, keep directing them uh, in the faith, that they may be sound in the faith. And he already talked about that there was a problem there with those of the circumcision, um, the idea being those who are coming in saying, you need to come under the Jewish laws. And this was a common thing at the time. And and Paul also talks about similar things in um, to Timothy. And we might flip over there and look at that in a second. But he says, uh, this testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Verse 14, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. Okay, so he says that you know, they, they, he wants them to be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and the commandments of men who turn from the truth. So he says, look, these commandments of men, these Jewish fables, you remember during um, the time of Christ where the Pharisees came to Jesus and they asked him why his disciples didn't wash their hands. Um, they didn't practice the Jewish ritual of washing their hands now, it wasn't a cleansing ritual that was in the law it was just a tradition of men and they had a lot of traditions and jesus got on them about some of their traditions um, things about instead of caring for their their older mother and father they would say things like well all of my wealth is dedicated to the lord and so i, I you know it's for his service and so i can't give it to my parents um, I can't, I can't provide for them because it's not mine. It's, it's dedicated to the Lord. You know, and they had these, they had these ways of getting around the law and they had the, tr- these traditions that, that were traditions of men that they held at greater esteem than, than the law and just got on them about that. And so Paul talks to Timothy about something similar. So I want to read this um, because I think it's going to help us when we get to the next section, which can be really rather confusing so let's flip over to first timothy chapter 4 verse 3 Uh, it says um you know talking about the same kind of thing Uh, those who came in forbidding to marry commanding to abstain from foods which god created to be received with thanksgiving by those who received and know the truth and so there were those that were coming in saying you know you need to keep the dietary laws you need to keep all of these Uh, You need to keep all these traditions and you need to observe certain days. You need to, you know, well, those who came in for, you know, he says forbidding to marry. And so it goes on to say this after he says that. um, Well, I'm just going to back up and read the, the previous verse real quick. He says. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. Keep that in mind now as we read the next part. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. That's kind of an interesting little statement. And I think it could be rather confusing. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. So who are those who are defiled and unbelieving? Is he just talking about any unbeliever? Or is he talking about those of the circumcision? Those who are saying you need to come under the law. You need to follow the feast days. You need to to keep the Sabbath. You need to still uh, keep the... The dietary laws, those kind of things, Um, and so he says to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. See, to to them, they were saying, no, no, you can't eat that. Don't eat that. Don't touch that. That's that's unclean. And Paul is is saying to the pure, all things are pure. You know, to to those in the church, those who are born again, you know, like God told told Peter you know take and eat when he showed him the vision of all the food falling from heaven you know take and eat and and you know Peter's saying you know Lord you know Lord I can't eat an unclean thing and and you know I'm paraphrasing here but you know Jesus says you know don't don't call don't call unclean what God you know what God has called pure and so what God has made made pure if God has said it's pure then it's pure and so to those who are pure those who are are Christians he says you know all these things are pure. Now he's not saying all things as far as like anything you do, but he's, no, he's saying you're, you're not defiled by what you eat. He says, but those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, you know, to the, to the, the Judaizers, to those of the circumcision, nothing was pure, you know, abstain from this, abstain from that. Don't work on, you know, don't work on the Sabbath day. Don't do all the, you know, you got to keep all these, got to keep all the laws um, because that's how you're made pure. Um, and he goes on, and he says, you know, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Morgan said this, he said, the all things refer to everything which is non-moral, such as appetite and food, desire and marriage, exchange and commerce, Weariness and recreation, and so on, through all the varied realm of life. To the pure, all these things are pure, and they will be maintained in purity. To the impure, everyone may be a vehicle and occasion for your impurity. So, anyway, I thought I'd go back there as so I came across that and decided, hey, I should share that before I go on to the professed to know God, but in works they deny him. And, and this is the thing about those people who are coming. Um, and were deceiving the church. They were professing to know God. And they were saying, we know the way, follow us. But the way that they were leading the people is in a way that, um, what does he call them? Abominable, you know, disqualified from every good works. You know, here's the thing. If you were a leader in a church or if you're trying to lead people in the church and you're leading them in a way that leads them away from godliness. That leads them away from holiness. That leads them away from Jesus. That leads them away from their freedom in him. That's a dangerous thing. Because where are you leading them? If you're not leading them toward freedom. You're leading them toward bondage. If you're not leading them in the truth. You're leading them in deception. If you're not leading them toward the Lord. Who are you leading them toward? If you're not leading them toward life. You're leading them toward destruction. And again, this is one of those things, again, that is so difficult because in our modern culture, again, we have this, this thing in American culture where, where we have fallen under this, this uh, deception that we need to accept everybody. And when I say accept everybody, what I mean is we need to accept everybody's lifestyle, behavior and choices as equal and as valid and right and good that that is what loving people is but that's not what loving people is encouraging somebody in their sin is not loving telling somebody that their lifestyle that is damaging and harmful and sinful according to God's Word that that's okay that's a problem And it's it's heartbreaking because so many people in their in their mind, they think, oh, I'm loving these people and they will even become proud in it like, oh, we're so much more loving. So other, you know, other churches are so unloving. We're so open minded. We're so uh, we're so accepting of people, of everyone. And it's nothing wrong with saying, hey, everyone is welcome here. But there is a problem to say all of your behavior is welcome here. If you are in sin well that's a problem. That's a problem. And I think you can you don't have to go very far into the Bible to find out that no and in the congregation of believers, we don't accept, we don't accept sinful behavior. That's not acceptable. You know go and read 1 Corinthians where, where Paul talks about kicking somebody out because of their behavior. That they're of a relationship that is that is a sinful relationship about casting them out. You know, uh, you know, Jesus talks about it in Matthew 18 about if your brother sins against you, go to him alone. And if you you know if he receives you, great, you've gained a brother. But if not, um, take with you one or two more. That from the mouth of two witnesses, you know, that they might receive what you have to say. And if they do, you know, if they receive it and they repent, well, great, you've re- you've received your brother. You know, you're Um, you restored your brother, but if not, then he says, take them before the church. And if they still, if they still are in uh, disobedience, if they still are unrepentant, then let them be as a sinner and a tax collector. Some people think that means kick them out. Some people think that means um, just treat them as an unbeliever. So anyway, there's, it's one of those things we have to be careful about that we, uh, when we love people, that we could love the people, you know, like they say, love the sinner, hate the sin. And the problem is for a lot of them, is that those people that they're saying love the sinner, is those, those people, those sinners, they, or those Christians even, that are caught up in sin, they have, they have embraced the sin to the point where they identify as that sin. This is what I am. This is who I am, and it's a scary thing because the Bible does it too. The Bible call, doesn't say you're an alcoholic; it says you're a drunkard. It doesn't say that you know you you uh, had an affair, you know, or you were promiscuous. It says you're an adulterer. So, anyway, um, let us be careful where we are leading people. Let us be careful. Let us uh, look carefully and at God's Word, and make sure that in our desire to love people that we don't we don't also embrace their sin. I want to embrace the people but not embrace their sin. I want to encourage the people to walk closer to Jesus, but that means walking away from sinful damaging lifestyles anyway. Hopefully that makes some sense. Talk to you next time. God bless you.